Miss Ross. Ross, 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 Ross. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the eighth episode of the Ross Review. We had a little bit of a break last week, a little bit of a respite. It was Lebaran over in Indonesia. So I was away for a few days and a few other people were occupied. So we had a little rest, but now we're recharged and raring to go for episode eight of the pod. Today I've got on with me, Doss, as always, and I've got a special guest today, which is Joel, who is the coach of Rock Draper Scissors in our league. Welcome, boys. G'day. Thanks, Galen. What's up, listeners? <laughs> What's up, indeed. So let's take a little bit of a look first, as we like to do, at the round that was, round nine. Take a look in our league at who were the winners, who were the losers. So if I go from top to bottom, I see that Rod had a nice win over Shane, which it looks like he needed, pretty close, by 40 points. Doss managed to get the job done against Butcher. Huge win there, winning by about 60 points. Well done, Doss. Too Uh, easy. Too easy. And then we had Chanta had another win, and he's all up and about with that. He was also the highest scorer of the round. So he seems to have really turned around his fortune. He got 2,268, which is a pretty huge score, and he actually knocked off Charles. So Charlie was on top of the ladder. He scored a reasonable score as well, 2,202, but Chanta proved too strong this week. So he's up and about. I got the job done against Reese by about 100 points. So Ross is really starting to slip now. Ross has almost become the Chanta of our league. Is that too harsh to say, do you think, Doss? Well, maybe that's why he's not on the show tonight. He's late, late scratching. He says power. He's a bit worried. A bit worried about his form. Yeah. That's true. It's not, his form is not very great. nice to come in. Not really nice to come on after a loss, isn't it? I'm surprised Chunter's not here actually, because he's usually pinging it the bit to get on the show after a win. Surprised he's yeah. not here. He must have had a big games tournament planned, otherwise he would have made it on for sure. Butcher's gone missing, I see. And Joel also managed to have a nice win, but against which what is essentially the buy of our round Bailey. I don't think he's uh, paying too much attention to Supercoach this year. I don't even know if he's opened the app, so. Nice for you to get a win, Joel, because Can I think you've been a bit... I'll take that. I think you've been a bit unlucky this season because you've had a few really close games, haven't you? If I look at your, you're down in ninth position with two wins, but you are actually got a percentage of 100%, which is higher than the next three on the ladder. So in terms of percentage, you've got the sixth highest percentage, but you're in ninth on the ladder. So you've been a bit unlucky this season. Yeah, I think I, I'm... I'm basically playing a little bit like like Essendon that um we Essendon's lost a few close games and uh if they had have have won each of their games that they lost by a goal they'd be six and three instead of three and six and everyone would be talking them up and I've I've lost a few by sort of under fifty or so and a few people like Ridley and uh and that have uh, have choked or got injured. And uh, I'd be, I'd be up a few points if uh, if a few players hadn't have, I don't know, got their thirty instead of one hundred and thirty. But oh well, uh, can only only do what what I can do with the team that I've got, and I can only work on with uh, with the podcast that I'm listening to. That's right. Yeah. Well, your your team looks all right, I reckon. Um, had a little bit of a look at it, and I think it, it looks pretty decent. So I reckon your fortune could change in the next few weeks. You're only one game away from the top 
from seventh position. So Shane's on 12 points. Chunt is also on 12 points. And Reese is only on 16 points as well. So if Reese's form continues, who knows? You could be at top in front of him pretty soon. Yeah, couldn't be too hard. <laughs> well, with no power where Reese is, it's going to be hard for him to make trades. So he might be, <laughs> uh, might have a loss this week as well. And, That's true. Uh, we, we've also got Butcher on a downward spiral as well after losing to me quite convincingly last week. I had a double downgrade and beat Butcher easily. Um, so, yeah, so Butcher could fall, fall back down as well. So I'm tipping you to get right back up the ladder, Joel. Just looking yeah, at the ladder as well, something interesting, not only is Bailey the has the least amount of points scored, he also has the most amount of points scored against so he's, his defense isn't very good as well as his attack. So <laughs> he's really got some work to do, poor old Bailey. People, people seem to rise to the occasion against the bye. <laughs> they do. People just see him and they just want to pummel him. They just think, this is my chance to get some percentage and they just absolutely smash him. <laughs> Flat track bullies. Flat track bullies. He's got a percentage of 88.9, which is pretty horrible in terms of super coach. That's an AFL percentage. It's okay, but in terms of super coach, that's about as bad as you can get. Yeah, it's a nearly a <laughs> 2,000 point difference. That's pretty massive. <laughs> that's, that's massive. And yeah, as you mentioned, as you mentioned, Butcher has uh, come a bit unstuck. He's not falling too much, but it just goes back to the saying, doesn't it, Doss? If you talk shit, you get super coach hit. So in this league, if you start bragging, <laughs> It just naturally comes against you. So if you're at the top, you just got to learn to be modest. Everyone should learn from Chanta. Yeah. Chanta's up and about now, so it's probably about time he has a few down rounds as well. You never want to be too cocky because uh, Dork could slap you in the face. I've got yeah, a well, theory about Chanta. I, um, because last year I, I ignored my super coach for about 10 rounds and then uh, gave it a crack for the last seven rounds or something. Um, and I, I made a few few upsets, but I knew it was I'd lost the first ten rounds, so there was no chance of getting anywhere. But because I had so many trades up my sleeve, I could be reckless with my trades each week, and my team started to go really well. So I reckon Chunter has just left it for a little while, and now he's still got thirty or high twenties trades, and now he's just going to town on his trades and. Uh, and getting a decent side in, so I, I reckon that's that's part of it is that he's just he's tanked for the first third of the season, and now he's going hard with all these extra trades. Yeah, that could be right. He has had a few injuries though. I'd like to know how many trades Chunter has left left actually, because I think he did have a cop a few injuries, um, but he did hold a few people as well. I mean, he held Danger for a while. That didn't work out for him because he ended up yeah, having he to trade him for with like four weeks or something. So. That's yeah. that's what I mean. I reckon he's he's held a few few people he should have got rid of. So I'm wondering if he's got a fair few trades up his sleeve and he's he's sitting good for the end of the year. It's a possibility. I don't know, but maybe he's maybe he's just done a lot of trades and he was just shit for the first half of the year anyway. Who knows? Yeah, I think that's more likely. All right, let's move on to the main topic of the pod, which I think is um the most important topic for this week, and that is the forward line. So the forward line at the moment is a bit of a dumpster fire. We already started off bad at the start of the year, but I think it's gone from bad to worse with the amount of injuries there were. We've already had Danger injured. He's coming back 
relatively soon, three to five weeks. But now we've got Marshall injured out for another four to five weeks. Bolton's still out with that broken wrist. Now, Rosie, it's just been announced that he's um, had a setback in his injury. And basically, the announcement is from them. Yeah, we hope he's going to play footy at some stage this year. So that is not really good signs for him either. So quite a few forwards injured. You've got also Toby Green just got injured. I think he's out for four weeks. So there's just injuries basically everywhere in the forward line. So some options um, that we can look at. There's not many remaining, which is kind of a good thing in a way. It narrows our focus. We don't, we're not overwhelmed by choice, but we still do have a, still, a few options and some pretty cheap options as well. So I think the best one for this week is probably Zorko. He's almost the most expensive of the options, but still pretty cheap at 511000 But he's in some really good form. Just played Gold Coast and scored 140, averaging 100. And he's got a break even at 60. What do you boys think of him, Joel? Um, absolutely. Like, Brisbane's uh, a team that's going to keep winning. So he's going to play through the midfield and kick the odd goal or two uh, going forward. So he's uh, he's definitely a good option. Um, there won't be too many weeks where he, he struggles. I think there's other people that um, are stronger than him. Like you got the Lockie Neals and Hugh, Hugh McCluggage and that sort of stuff that people start tagging. So he'll, he'll get the third best um, midfielder probably and, uh, and, continue to dominate so he's probably a really good option great you agree Doss? yeah i the only thing i see against zorko I, i've got zorko on my team i got him when neil got injured the only thing i see against him is that when he was playing with neil he had a score in round four of 70 and then in round two he had a score of 64 so i'm just concerned that when neil comes back in a, in a few weeks I don't know how long Neil's out for, but I think he's back in about three or four weeks, isn't he? Yeah, yeah so. but Neil, Neil was also shit then, and Brisbane were generally shit at the start of the year anyway. So I think they're just starting to hit their straps now and, and coming into form. So I think you can't necessarily look at the first three rounds when Brisbane just, were like zero and three anyway. I yeah. think they're coming good and they're... Uh, and they're they're playing for each other now, and and things are things are looking good for them. Yeah, I'm more concerned about his position though. So if if he gets if he's playing in the midfield now that Neil's injured, and when Neil comes back, Zorko goes to the forward line. He's not going to score as well. So that would be my only concern about getting Zorko in now for his price. Uh, I got him. At, I got him about 100k cheaper. So for me, it's all right. I have the option of maybe trading him out if you start scoring low when Neil comes back. But for 511, I think there might be some better options out there in the forward line. Yeah, that's a fair enough concern. Oh, Just looking now at his CBAs and those rounds. So in round two and four was those low scores. So it looks like in round four, round two, he had 50% CBAs and round four was 41. So a little bit down, but he was still getting a few CBAs, not full forward. So I think he's going to keep getting those, whether it's, yeah, he will lose a few when Neil comes back, I agree but I still think he's a decent option even at his price now. So how many CBA, how many CBAs did he have uh, last round in round nine? Let's have a look. In round nine, he had just 47% as well, actually. So about the same. Also the same. Okay. Yeah. So I'm completely wrong. It's just a bad couple of weeks, I guess. 
Yeah, I suppose so. Um, but there are more options now. So when there's Reese Matheson who's come in, there's Robertson is starting getting some. So when Neil comes back, the question is, does it go down even further? If he's still getting only that many now with Neil out, um, McCluggage is in there as well. So that could be another worry, whether it gets pushed down to 20 or 30% CBAs. So maybe that could be a concern. He, he also might be thinking, I've got to get more involved. Like if he's starting in the forward line and he knows Neil's not there, just because he doesn't start with the center bounce attendance, he might be more likely to get around there if it's on the wing or something like that, or 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 if, it, if there's been like um, that throw in or something like that, then he probably is more likely to get around the contest rather than sort of leave it for Neil. Um, yeah, true. Once again, I could be completely off the mark there. Yeah. So overall, I think he's a good option, but yeah, there's just potential for his score to go down potentially when Neil comes back. Mm. All right, moving on to the next one. This is complete opposite end of the spectrum. This one is a lot more high risk, but the price is very low down. So um, very cheap buying and that's Isaac Heaney. So Isaac Heaney, we know had a rough year last year. I think only played three to five games last year, um, but something with his foot. Whereas this year he's had a problem with his hand. I think he had some surgery on a hand or a finger or something. So he's been in and out of the team and he had a couple of really poor scores playing with that sore hand. Um, now he's at 342,000. So really cheap for a guy who's averaged before last year, he averaged basically 94 to 97 for the past four seasons. What do we think about Heaney as an option? Is that um, tempting at that price, Dos? Not really for me. I, I just, I don't think he's going to play all the time and you don't want 340K sitting on your bench. I mean, if he's named this week, what he might go at 50K. If he, if he gets like, I guess, I guess if he gets two or three good weeks in a row and you want to make some money and you've got a lot of trades left, you could get him in. But for me, I've sort of used too many trades already, so I don't want to take a risk. I, I don't want to use him as an upgrade target, uh, as someone that I, that I can sort of trade out later in the year. And I don't want to keep him as a keeper for, like, uh, because I, I don't think he's going to play every game. I can't rely on him in the, even like before finals. He's got that issue. He still maybe has the issue with his hand. I, I think he's got some some other issue with his foot as well. So for me, it's a no. But uh, it's a good it's a good risky selection if you want if you had a lot of trades up your sleeve. I, I don't mind this. I don't mind it because he's only three hundred and forty two. So I don't mind it. Yeah, that's interesting to say if you've got a lot of trades up your sleeve because it could be seen the other way as well. I mean, if you don't have a lot of trades and you can't afford to get to full primo and you think you're not going to be able to and it could be one way you do get to full primo but he's going to be your f6 so that could be another train of thought if you think you can keep him um if you're thinking you just want to uh get him in to trade him off later once he increases in price then you want to have more trades but if you just want to keep him then i guess and you think you can keep him then it's okay to have less trades i guess what do you yeah, think, I don't think you can i don't think you can keep him just to butt in there, if you if you want to keep him for a primo, I don't think he's going to be a primo for the rest of the year. So for me, that's the reason why it's a no. But yeah, what does Joel yeah. think? Um, I I'm I'm putting a line through Heaney, but that's just because in the last however many years, every time I've got him, he's got injured not long after, or he's played super inconsistently for like three or four weeks in a row. I've burnt him off, and then as soon as I trade him out. He goes and blows 120 a couple of times in a row or something like that. Like he's just, he screwed me over too many, too many times. And I, I know that it's not a great tactic to just say no to, 
to players from because of previous years. But uh, yeah, he he frustrates me. So um, yeah, I think he's just too inconsistent. Um, and and yeah, and he gets injured very like regularly. But um, yeah, I think there's too many too many issues going on, and I'd I'd go elsewhere. Um, yeah, I think there's a there's a bit of a risk there. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's a massive burn man. I think he's burned a lot of people in the past. And I think he's just too risky a pick at that price, even. Um, maybe some people would think it justifies the risk, but yeah, I still don't know what's going on with his injury. Sydney aren't being clear with it either. He's not doing much training from what I've read. So some weeks he trains, some weeks he doesn't. So it seems like he's yeah, all over the place. So I wouldn't trust that at the moment. Yeah, liability. <laughs> But another yeah. decent option, which is pretty cheap for what he's worth, I think. <laughs> um, some people might have him already, but some people might not. And that's Dusty. So Dusty's at 425K. I think a lot of people will be eyeing him off to bring in if they don't have him already. I think you're eyeing him off, aren't you, Doss? Yeah, so far, I've, he's, so far he's the one that I'm bringing in this week. I think he's the safest bet. And um, we were talking before the show and you guys were saying that most people have him. I didn't know that most people had him. I thought that, um, like, I, I, I thought most people didn't have him, but uh, I'm trying to find out how many his percentage of owned percentage here. Yeah, he's in 59% of teams. I wasn't aware how many teams he was in. So that's a bit surprising to me, but uh, that makes it kind of a safe, safe option for me to bring him in because if he, if he has some bad games, which he's capable of doing, uh, well, not bad. I guess bad games for him are 90. So that's a good game for most of the forwards. So I think it's a no-brainer. Bring in Dusty if you don't have him for 425. That's cheapest chips. Yeah, it's a bargain for Dusty. He's always going to yeah. bounce back. He's always going to score high. So um, yeah, it's a no-brainer if you don't have him and you can, you've can. Yeah. you got there 425 hanging around. And he has that potential to go on big. So like when yeah. he plays badly, he scores like 85 to 90. And when he plays well, he scores 160. So you don't yeah. want to be playing against someone in the final and Dusty goes 160 and you don't have him. So I think this week you've got to get him in. If you don't have him, he'd be the one one target. Yep, agreed on that. So now let me give you another one, two, three, four options. So these four options are all around the same price. So they're between 455,000 and 484,000 at the highest. So all roughly all within 30K of each other. And they're all four line options with um, some a bit more risky, some a bit more high risk, high reward, some a bit more uh, low risk, but at lower scoring. Let me know what you think of these and maybe how you'd rank them. So one is Tom McDonald, 462K. He's been in some good form. The other is Nick, Nick Hind at Essendon, playing off that halfback role, taking Sard's former role. But Tom Hawkins at Geelong at 484K. Who looks like he's starting to come into some form. And then we've got Aaron Hall at North Melbourne, who looks like he's slotted into the halfback role as well and he's getting a lot of the footy. What do you think of those four options, Joel? Um, well, Tom Hawkins is is known to score well. I, I think um, he he always scores a, a little bit more because he he does a ruck role in the forward line at, at forward stoppages. So he he does get a few tap downs and, and gets points for hit outs or takes it out of the ruck and kicks a goal uh, a fair bit too. So um, he's, 
uh, regularly scores uh, pretty pretty well and pretty consistently. So I'd say he's a he's a decent option. Um, with a little bit of bias, I, I do like Nick Hind, uh being a Bombers man, and uh, and he's he's flying at the moment. Um, he yeah he's just getting a heap of the ball uh, off the half back line and just uh, racing off through the middle. Um, very uh, level-headed with with how he uh, uses the ball. So he, he does have a high percentage of uh, disposal efficiency. Um, so, yeah, he's been, he's been fantastic. Uh, the other two, Aaron Hall, I have absolutely no idea about. I can't comment on him. I haven't watched a single North Melbourne game all year uh, for, for good reason. Blame me for that. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I... I don't even know if he's getting a lot of the ball, then good on him. Could be an option. Can't can't comment on that. And uh, who was the other one? Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald. Yeah, I haven't watched a whole lot of Melbourne games either, to be perfectly honest. Um, but uh, the only risk I would say with Tom McDonald is that they seem to have a big forward line with um, Brown and Wiedemann as well. So... Um, yeah, he he may not get a heap of the ball if there's a lot of competition in the forward line for uh, for big men and big grabs and and potentially if there's a lot of competition for them and they can't have three tall men, he might be the one that gets the chop if uh, if he's not consistent enough. So I would say there's a there's a bit too much risk with Tom McDonald um, just for the the competition for the forward line position. Um, but yeah, Hind or um, Hawkins would be up my list before McDonald. Yeah, that's fair enough. So for just to let you know about Hall as well. So Hall this season, so previously he's always been, um, had problems with injuries. He's had the last few seasons. Last season was okay. He played 15 out of 17 games. But um, so this year, the first game he didn't play. I think he just wasn't picked. I don't think he was injured. In round six, he uh, in round two he came on. He only scored six, but that's because he came on as a medical sub right at the end of the game. And then he scored an eighty-one the next week, one thirty-three the next week, and then he got injured with concussion. So it wasn't like a soft tissue or anything. In round five, scored thirty-seven. Since he's come back, he scored one hundred six, one thirteen, and one twelve. So basically, if you take out that six when he came on as medical sub and that thirty-seven when he got concussed, he's averaging around one hundred and six or something. For the season so yes pretty solid numbers yeah uh, i did not know that but uh that that changes my opinion on him although i didn't have an opinion on him to start with but uh it does does make me think that he he could be a good option it's an interesting one what do you think dos yeah i like hall the, the, his role that he's playing in the back line there for north melbourne he's getting a lot of the ball because the ball's often in north melbourne's back line um, you'll see North Melbourne this week. I believe they have Essendon, don't they, Joel? North North they Essendon do. this week. Correct. So there you go. That should be a close game. Should be a good one. Um, yeah. but but Hall is a very similar player to Hind. They they like getting the ball in in their hands. So I think either Hall or Hind would both be good options. Pretty consistent scorers. I think both of them are fine for the forward line. Hawkins is going to have a couple of bad games. He's going to have, especially with Jeremy Cameron there, there's going to be times when, or when 
Geelong aren't going to win every game they play. Geelong are going to have some bad losses. And when they have bad losses, Tom Hawkins is going to score low. So Hawkins, you're going to have some big games, but some low games. Um, I think Tom McDonald is pretty is a pretty consistent player. I've got Tom McDonald. I got him a few weeks ago, and he's been really good for me. Um, I think he's going to continue scoring well. He's he's averaged well in the past, and he, I think his position is safe. I think he's going to be All Australian this year. So I think Ben Brown and Wiedemann are fighting out Melbourne's last forward line position. I think Fritz Fritz is safe, and McDonald is safe, and it's going to be out of Ben Brown and Wiedemann to fight out that last position at Melbourne. So I think McDonald's a good pick as well. He's only 462. See, I'd be looking at some of these guys over Zorko even. I think all, all players you mentioned are good options there, Kalen. There was one more as well. I, I like um, Jesse Hogan as a, as a little risk in the forward line as well for a bit, bit cheaper. He's come back and kicked, kicked a few goals. He kicked like four goals in a quarter the other day. So he's another one that you can look at if you want. Um, what, what do you think, Kalen? Who would you go out of all those players? I think they're all really good, to be honest. Like, they're all almost yeah. even in my eyes. I see the merit in all of them. McDonald's on in some ripper form. He might have a, some yeah. up and down games, but I think he's even more consistent than Hawkins. He seems to be playing pretty well. Hawkins could have some huge games, but I think having Cameron in could actually help him. Because Cameron's been in the last four weeks, and he's been average, he's averaged 102.5 since Cameron's been in. So he's playing better mm. with him than, with, than without him at the start of the season. So I think yeah. he's a good option too. Hind has hit some form. He's just yeah. scored 127 on the weekend. He looks like he's getting better and better in that role as the time goes on. And Hall, I like as well. His role's really good. I'm just worried about mm-hmm. injury. He's got injury history, but also about when McDonald comes back in the side, if that's effect, that affects him, but that's still a while off. I think seven or eight weeks. So all the great options. I'm actually looking at what works with my buyers as well, which we'll get into in a bit, buy strategy. Hawkins and Hall would be better for me because they have to buy in round 12 and then they can play in 13 and 14 when I'm struggling. So I'm considering Hall, just don't know if I want to take that risk or not with the injury history. Yeah. And two others that you haven't mentioned, uh, um, Jack Darling and Steel Sidebottom. They're both good options as well for under 500K. So, I mean, I think they're all good options, really. I, I think it's just whichever, whichever one you like better. Or, or maybe whichever one you can afford, maybe get the cheaper one. Yeah, Jack Darling, that's an interesting one. He's actually putting together not a bad season. He's only had one bad game in round four, 45. Everything else is 78 or above. He's had a few in the 80s, but he's also had a 128, a 123, and a 102. So he's having a nice season. And he's and still he well in the past as well. And he's, he's a, he, he does a lot of running for a forward. He doesn't just wait. Stand in the forward line. He, he sort of gets up and about and gets a lot of the gets a lot of marks on the wing and up the ground. So he's one to consider as well. Yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, there's, there's a few options despite all the injuries there are and people complaining about the forward line. There are still a few options, aren't there? I think it's just whatever works for your budget and your strategy, and maybe a buy planning as well. Now that all yeah, fits in. Well, you mentioned Heaney before. What? Would you go Jesse Hogan's cheaper? Jesse Hogan's 310. Would you go Hogan or Heaney if you wanted to get a cheap pick player? Mm, if I had to choose, that's a tough one because Hogan has been injured as well and yeah. just worried that he'll, he'll be out as well. I'd, if I had to choose, I'd probably choose Heaney. Um, 
but that's because I don't know much, much about Hogan, I guess, what his injury is or anything. But did a bit more research and it didn't look too bad. Maybe could think about him. Yeah. He scored in the two games he's played this year, he scored 92 and 89. But he's, he's missed a game in between those two. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know if he can average as high as Heaney. Heaney, we've seen him do it, 94 to 97, for like four seasons yeah. already. So, no, Heaney can do it. We haven't seen Hogan do that in the past, I think. Mm. Tough one. Yeah, yeah you, have to, you have to rely on Hogan kicking bags for him to score, whereas Heaney can get into the midfield and just get more touches uh, that way. So, I guess, um, yeah, you, similar to Hawkins, you're not going to – expect him to score triple figures every week and he's going to have quiet weeks when GWS can't get it into the forward line. Yeah, I think Hogan has averaged well in the past. When he was, I think when he was at Melbourne, he might have averaged about 90 one year. I don't know if he can get back to that form, but I think, I think if he can get back to that form, he's worth considering and we need to do a bit of research into it. Just one to think about. Yep. A risky one. All right. So now let's look at some midfield options. There's quite a few midfielders doing pretty well this year, but not necessarily ones people would have thought at the start of the season. So I've got a list here that maybe we can go through and touch on a few. Um, but most of these are quite new this year, ones that haven't done so well in the past. So a couple of ones that are doing really well is Guthrie. So Guthrie, I'm not sure anyone expected to do quite well. Lions is absolutely killing it as well. Both of these guys are averaging over 120, I think, and they're just killing it in the recent weeks as well. Lions is a past performer. He did pretty well last year, but for some reason he's always forgotten, but he's just continuing the form. I think he's now the only player who's averaged over 100, uh, who's scored over 100 in every game. I think McRae dropped, um, he might've just made it over 100 as well. So him and McRae are the only two. And then we've got McCluggage is doing really well for the Lions as well. Jay Kelly, Josh Kelly is starting to get into some form. Steele uh, is down a bit on his form, but he's getting pretty cheap. And let's talk about those options first, and then we'll get on to the rest. So what do you think of those? Guthrie, Lions, Steele, McCluggage, and Josh Kelly. What do you think, Doss? Well, I'll start with Lions. How dumb are the Suns to just get rid of him? And and Adelaide got rid of him before the Suns. Um, just really, really stupid. He couldn't even get a game at the Gold Coast Suns. And uh, not not only not only Jared Lions, they also didn't let Zorko. They didn't accept Zorko. So Zorko was um, playing from Broadbeach. Got four best and fairest at the Gold Coast League there, and then uh, Gold Coast didn't accept him either. So Gold Coast could have Zorko and Jared Lions. And uh, they now they yeah uh, yeah they've just <laughs> well, what they idiots fucked that one up yeah <laughs> just like oh, I really feel sorry for players that get drafted to the Gold Coast like imagine imagine you thinking okay good I'm gonna get drafted then you go to the Gold Coast and you're playing with like your best players Davis Swallow or someone like that or you get drafted to Richmond and you got Dustin Martin Trent Koch and Jack Rewald <laughs> like no wonder no wonder Gold Coast aren't successful like come on. Yeah, but anyway, at, least they can, at least they can hit the strippers every night. Well, they can hit the strippers and go to the beach and surf and stuff. That, that must be nice for them. But uh, no offense to David Swallow. David Swallow's having a great year. And uh, he's a bit of a smoky, actually. If you wanted to get a, a cheaper option, David Swallow's someone that you could look at. He's uh, averaging over 100, I think. 
It's doing pretty Can well. I just, uh, ha- having listened to the the podcast in previous weeks, uh, I feel like one of you or both of you have um, have have said no to to Lions in previous weeks and gone. He's he's a consistent one hundred scorer, but he's not a big 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 scorer. But in the last three weeks, it looks like he's scored one thirty eight. Uh, one forty-five, one twenty-two in the last three weeks. Uh, so he's he's proven whoever said it wrong that he's uh he's out to score big big scores and not just uh just breaking over the the hundred mark. So he's he's definitely worth getting in. Um, and probably probably could have got him cheaper a couple of weeks ago. Having said that though, um, I don't have him in my team either. But uh, just wanted to. Uh, just remember listening to the podcast about three weeks ago when you were uh, saying that he wasn't worth getting in. Yeah, that's fair enough, Joel. And we, thank you for bringing yeah, that up. We don't probably Chunter saying it. Probably was Chunter. We'll, we'll use Chunter as the scapegoat. We'll blame him. But we'll also <laughs> mention that we're not right about all things. We're learning on this podcast as well. So uh, but thank you for uh, picking that up, Joel. Appreciate that. But but also, Joel, in, in, if I did say it in my defence, I still don't think he's worth getting in because... He's 630k, so I can't afford that. I've I've said it every week. I need players that are cheaper. So I like this week. I'm going like Dusty Martin for 420. So if you if you can get Dusty for 420 or Jared Lyons for 630, I'm going to go for Dusty because yeah. it's going to be it's going to be. You have to wait for a McRae to get injured to get Lyon in, basically. Um, well, that's yeah, and sideways yeah. it. But then, yeah. but then, even then, if you can get someone that's going to average, say, like like Dusty's Dusty might average hundred for the rest of the year, and Lions is going to average, let's say Lions averages one twenty. I know it's twenty points difference, but it's two hundred k difference. So, for me, my strategy has always been this year to get cheaper players in. So if I'm if I'm getting one if I'm getting like Jack Steele or Jared Lions this week, I'm getting Jack Steele because Jack Steele's five sixty nine. So Lions has been expensive all year. So yeah, he's still expensive yeah. for me. And he's actually yeah fluctuated only twenty five grand since the start of the year. Yeah, so that's the thing. You got you got to look for the bargains, Joel. That's that's what makes a good super coacher finding Very the bargains. Oh, that's what Tante doesn't understand. That's why I'm ninth on the ladder too. <laughs> so I think Guthrie and uh, Lions are both in the same boat. They're around 620, 630k. They're both killing it. But yeah, they might be a bit expensive for some people. Cheaper options out of those ones is Steel. I think he's come down to about 570. So he's cheaper than he was at the start of the season by 50 or 60k. And then Jay Kelly as well. So Josh Kelly has been put back in the midfield. He was playing in the forward line at the start of the season. But now he's back there and he's only 540,000. What do you think about those two? Um, yeah, definitely Kelly, 541. I've had him all year. Um, yeah, for sure. You, you got to get the bargain, bargain base, bargain base primos. You've also got Andrew Brayshaw for cheaper at 514. So, yeah, they're all and fine, Kalen. They're all fine, my, mate. My mate Darcy Parrish is starting to kill it now. Um, yeah, so he's, he's at 564. Um, and yeah, he's he's racking up nearly forty touches a game at the moment, and I think he got uh ten clearances or something. Um, so he's uh, and uh, Merritt's getting a lot of attention. So he um, so Parish is um, just 
going off and doing his own thing. Um, so, yeah, he played on Fife for a little while in, in the last game and Fife didn't seem to do a whole lot and Parrish, I think, got 39 touches. So, um, yeah, he's also another one worth worth considering. Yeah, Parrish mm. is looking good since he's moved into that midfield yeah. role. Do like yeah. Parrish as, as a smoky. But Josh, back to Josh Kelly. My only worry with Kelly is in some good form and he looks like that midfield role is back. The only worry with him, as always for me, is just the injury. It's still too early in the season. I'd love to get Josh Kelly in at the end of the season when there's only six games left. But for me, it's too early. He always seems to miss one or two with soft tissue. He hasn't played more than 15 games in a season since 2017. 2018, yeah. he played 15. 2019, 14. Last year, 14. Only in a 17-round se- season. But that means he missed... Um, three games as well last season so yeah, he's, he's just like Heaney he's uh he's too he's too unreliable yeah do you reckon that's why he's been playing in the forward line do you reckon they, they were thinking we will play him in the forward line to to not so he doesn't get those soft tissue injuries do you reckon that's the reason could be because yeah it would help you're not pushing yourself as much not straining your body as much yeah I think I wonder why Jack- they moved him yeah, because I think Jack Bowes on the weekend, he's been playing in the back line. They moved him into the midfield, I think, on the weekend, and he just pinged a hammy, didn't he? I think that's what happened. So he's out for three weeks now. So playing in the midfield is higher risk, I think. So could be onto something there, Doss. Just a lot so, more running. Yeah, he's definitely good value, but yeah, that's my only worry with him. McClug is just starting to get into some good form. I reckon he'll be an awesome option ne- next year. He's almost locked into my team for next year already. He'll keep improving but we think he's worth it already this year. He's, he's pretty expensive now, though, almost 600K. Well, he's like Lions. If they, they, yeah, they're great, but not for 600K when you can get cheaper options. I don't think they're, they're the ones you bring in this week. Uh, Doss, you like a cheapie. What about um, Tim Kelly at 502? He's averaging 118 in the last three rounds. Um. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think he's a great option. Um, he has some bad games though, doesn't he? Just check. Uh, Seems yeah. like he's had some bad games this year. At five oh two, yeah, that's that's a pretty good could get. He has had a fifty five and a couple of eighties. Um, yeah, but he is playing GWS Essendon and Carlton in the next three games, so. Um, yeah. should should play pretty well against those fairly lower te- uh, ladder teams. Yeah. Um, well, you've also you've also got to look at his last three games because you, you want someone that's going to score well in the last three games of the year when you if you're in the finals. So last year, Tim Kelly, for memory, he scored about 180 in, in the final in the in one of the last rounds of the year. So if you had him last year, you would have done really well in the final so yeah you, you want someone that's going to play well in those last three rounds so he could be one that does it like he has the potential to go massive and not many people have him he's only in four percent of teams so i think that would be a great option joel that's a better option than uh, jared lyons for sure how about another one cheaper is at let's see at 400 and 62 now he's jumped up a bit actually after his big game on the weekend he was the highest score of the round on the weekend that's jai simpkin 
So he scored a 164 on the weekend, but apart from that, he's only scored one other score above 100, and that's 103, but he's had a lot of 87, uh, 80s to 90s, 87, 91, 83, 87, 83, and a couple in the 60s. What do you think of him, Doss? Yeah, I had him last year, and he was pretty good, but sometimes he gets tagged. Um, yeah, he's a bit he's a bit risky for me, Jai Simkin this year. He hasn't he hasn't been having his big scores, but he hasn't. Apart from last week, he hasn't been having any any big scores over a hundred. So for me, probably not as a midfielder. If he was a forward player, I'd probably think about getting him in the forward line, but not as a midfielder. Yeah. What does Joel think? Joel, Joel um, will see him this weekend. Yeah, I, as I said, I haven't I haven't seen him play. Uh, don't know a whole lot about him. Um, I'm just looking at at uh, Ben Cunnington, uh, who's at similar similar vein though, and um, and he scored one forty five, sixty six, and one thirty four in the last three weeks. Um, so the sixty six is obviously a worry, but he knows how to score big. Um, he's a he's an inside bull, so um, and maybe he's just starting to to hit his straps. North Melbourne seem to be playing a whole lot better than they were in round one and two, um, so maybe it is like looking at a couple of North Melbourne players who are uh, starting to get a, a few games where they're playing more competitive and winning some more clearances um, and getting some some. Um, inside ball might be might be an option um and cunnington's uh just as cheap as uh jai simkin as well so um that's true yeah. joel and if we compare it to someone else maybe of a some people would compare them in a similar vein not really similar players but maybe a similar uh skill level uh carl amon so it could be said that port adelaide have started the season well but now they're starting to slip a little bit maybe they're getting tired or I'm not sure losing a few games or is North Adelaide on the up. So it could be a little bit of a reversal in their, in their scoring. What do you think, Doss? Yeah, look, if you want to finish ninth, I'd pick Carl Amon. If, if you want to uh, get inside, get into the finals, I'd probably pick Cunnington. So Butcher's going to learn the hard way. And I'm actually going to get Cunnington this week just because of a bet that I've had with Butcher. And I'll be interested to see if Butcher's a man of his word and gets Carl Amon into his team. That that will be the interesting um, trade of the round, I think. Will Butcher bring in Carl Amon, or, or will he just uh, just talk, 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 and no show, show, show? So what are we up to so far? It's been two rounds since he made that bet, hasn't it? So so far, Amon scored one seventeen plus ninety two, so one nineteen. So it's two oh nine, and then Cunnington has scored sixty six plus one thirty four, so he's on two hundred. So Cunnington is still nine points behind Amon, but closing the gap. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, but I'm, I'm a man of my words. I'm, I'm bringing Cunningham, Cunnington into my team. So that's, Butcher should lose points if he doesn't bring Amon in, I reckon. I reckon I think how that many was points do you reckon that's worth, Joel? If, if Butcher doesn't bring Amon into his team, how many points should he lose? Uh, I reckon uh, surely, surely at least 50 or so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Soft as Jack Silvani, if he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's a huge insult. Couldn't get much bigger than that. He plays footy like Jack Silvani. 
<laughs> that is true. We all we all know that. Hard like Jack Silvani. All right. Uh, let's just touch on one more. So Titch would we advise bringing people. Uh, people to bring him into the team. He did score a 147 a couple of weeks ago, but then he came out with something in the 70s, I think, on the weekend. Just didn't have, I don't know if his roles changed. A couple of weeks ago, he had 17 contested possessions. On the weekend, he had just three contested possessions. So it's a bit of a worry. What do you think about him? Who are we doing now, sorry? Uh, Titch, Tom Mitchell. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. I was, uh, I was just looking at some other scores. Um yeah, he he seems a bit incons- inconsistent. Um, yeah, I, like I don't know if he did he get tagged the other week and can't can't hold a tag or um, yeah, um, not sure about Hawthorne either. I, I think they're they're falling apart. Like there's nothing better than watching uh, Hawthorne implode. Um, but I, I think. Uh, Tom Mitchell can't hold them up by themselves and he's basically their only good player. So opposition are going to target him in particular because uh, they don't really have much else going for them in the, in their side, really. So I think he's a bit of a shaky one to, to choose. He's a, like, he's a good player. He will get the ball, but whether he'll be effective with it and whether... like he will have time and space to actually use it effectively or just get the ball and have to dish a, a, a quick handball out that won't actually score too many points. That's, uh, yeah, a lot of questions there. Um, but I would say I'd, I'd, I'd look at other uh, primos before, before him because I think that people, uh, teams will target him. Yeah, that's fair enough. Anything to add, Dos? I'm with Joel. I've got I've got Titch in my team. I've had him after he scored like um I think I got him after round one actually, where he got 135 against Essendon. Or maybe even after round two. He got he got one, he started really well, 135, then 109. He's had some bad scores. He's had he's had one, two, three, four scores under a hundred. Four out four out of nine under a hundred. So it's not really good form. For a primo, that's not good enough. Yeah, I wish I didn't have him in my team. I'd much prefer to have uh, some of the other guys we've mentioned, like um, who are more expensive now, of course, because they're more expensive because they've been doing well. But um, obviously, I'm going to hold him that I've got him in my team. But I wouldn't be advising to trade him in this week. I think there's better options like Carl Amon and Ben Cunnington. Yeah. Well, you've even got even Christian Petrarca. He's only five thirty as well, so he's another one to consider. Oh, five thirty. Not bad. Yeah, but yeah, to, to answer the question about Tom Mitchell, don't bring him in this week. That's my answer. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I have him on my team. Uh, I think he can turn it around. He is a good player, but yeah, with Hawth on the way they're going, I wouldn't be sure. I wouldn't advise. I think I think there's better options than him. Yeah. All right. So let's just touch on buy planning briefly. It's not too much to say that important thing is to say is just that we need to start planning for the buyers now so we've got two more rounds left until the buyers start it seems like the danger buy rounds is going to be potentially round 13 for a few people including me it's a bit dangerous and also round 14 so round 14 is when both grundy and gorn are out um, a lot of people have them as rough one and two 
They might have Flynn on the bench, but I'd be worried about Flynn. Some people might be hoping he'll play that week, but Giants have the round 12 bye, which means that probably Mummy will get a rest and then he'll probably play round 13 and 14. So I don't think we can count on that either. So the biggest thing to say is just any trades you make from here on in, just think, is that helping your buy structure? Are you bringing someone in who's going to have a buy in round 14, which is going to be tough? If not, if you are, then maybe think again. Have you guys been planning for your buys at all, Joel? Absolutely not. Um, no, I uh, don't really think too, that, too far ahead uh, usually. It's, it's more um, just hope and pray uh and then and then usually just just cop a loss or two because I, I know that i've got too many of the one team uh in my uh thing so no um and and again that it's the reason that i'm sitting in ninth place um is because i don't i don't plan ahead so um maybe i should look into it but uh yeah, haven't haven't looked that far ahead. That you does. Yeah, I haven't looked that far ahead either. I've I've done I've looked I've looked at the buys in the past, and what always happens to me is players who I pick based on where their buy is, they get injured anyway. Yeah. So I haven't bothered I haven't bothered about it this year. It's just too much extra work that doesn't pay off. So I'm just gonna just play by luck, and I don't even know when. I don't even know how many players are out from my team. I just I just found out then from what you said that Gordon and Grundy are both going to be out in round fourteen, so I might start looking into it there. But I think the only reason why you worry about buys is if you want to go for the overall ranking lead. But if you're just worried yeah. about your league matches, I think it's just luck. Yeah, that's a um, good point. That's a good point. I think yeah, if you're going for ranking, then it matters a lot more. But if you're just going for the which we are in this league, just going for the for the win, then it shouldn't matter so much. Maybe for the ones at the top, it shouldn't either because it's okay to drop. But for someone like Joel, who does need every win, maybe it's more important for Joel to have a look at it. So you can try to win a couple of those buy rounds where someone else like Doss, if they haven't paid attention, maybe you can get a win over someone like Doss, for example, if they haven't planned. So Yeah. yeah. So basically that's some of the basic strategies. So for example, if round yeah. 13 is tough for you and you've got like a couple of rookies who will have the buy in round 13, you trade them out for a couple of rookies who have just had the buy in round 12 or upgrade to a primo mm. who's just had the buy in round 12, if you can. So that's the general strategy because we get three trades yeah. in the buy rounds. So we get an extra one there. So you can actually potentially do two rookies down and one rookie up yeah. during those buy rounds, which can help as yeah, well. But cost, yeah, but the, the issue is it costs you a lot of trades. So you got to be careful of it because if you're going for your league rank league win, you don't want to use nine trades during the buys. And yeah. if you're going for overall, if you're going for overall points, you probably don't either because then you got no more trades and people can run over the top of you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't recommend Yeah. Wouldn't recommend doing any sideways trades, for example, one rookie to another rookie if they haven't made cash or a primo to yeah. primo. Only use those trades yeah. if you've got a rookie who's already made cash and they're having yeah. to buy as well. That's the only time I'd suggest to do that. Yeah. It's good to have rookies playing in round 12 and then you trade them out straight up. Yeah. They're playing in round 12 and, and then have the buy round 13 trading out. Yeah. So let's talk about some rookie options, trading out and trading in. So someone who does have a round 12 buy who could be handy come the buyers is 
um, Powell, Tom Powell from North. He's been doing really well, but he just dropped to 45 on the weekend, I think. So he's going to start losing cash. Do we reckon hold on to him because he's good in the buys or get rid of him now? What do you think, Doss? Uh, for me, for me, I want to get rid of him just because um, it allows me to bring in Ben Cunnington and I've got a bet with Butcher. So I'm going to really ride Ben Cunnington home for the rest of the year. So I only needed uh, about 130 to bring in Ben Cunnington. So I'm going to, my trades this week, pow out for Cunnington. And I'm also getting in Dusty as well. So I'm doing a double upgrade. I think I'm bringing, I can't remember who I'm trading Dusty in for, but I've, I've already done the trades. Um, uh, oh, Bergman. So yeah, I can trade out Powell and Bergman. I think Bergman might not get any more games now that um, Jones is back from Port. I think, I think Jones is going to play this week. And he's someone you could look at bringing in. He's only 130K and he's on the bubble. So if you want to bring anyone in as a rookie, it'd be him. But yeah, so I'm going to go out Powell, out Bergman. And then um, coming back into the team is Cunnington and Dustin Martin. So a double upgrade this week after an easy win last week with a double downgrade. So look out. I think I've got Shano this week. So look out, Shano. I'm coming for you, buddy. Yeah, that's fair enough. Just on that, Jones is a good one to bring in. Lockie Jones, if he's coming back, it's going to be a good scorer. I'm not sure Bergman will come out for him, though, because Cleary has just been injured. I can't remember what happened to him, but I think he's going to be out for a while. So potentially yeah. he can take his spot with a bit of a reshuffle. Um, yeah. And Bergman is another one with that ran 12 by, so he could be handy. But, yeah, it just depends. If you need the cash to upgrade, then um, prioritise that. What yeah. are you going to do, Bergman's do almost at his peak anyway. He's about, I think he was about 280, so he's ready to go. Yeah, well, Bergman's still got a uh, a break even of 46, so he's still got a little bit of cash left to make um, yeah. before he blows out. So uh, I'm going to keep Berg Bergman for another week. Uh, I'm probably going to do a, a double downgrade, though, uh, this week and get rid of Powell uh, for someone cheap i'm not not exactly sure uh probably polter actually um because i think he's still still cheap at 170 or 180 uh so i'll make 200 200 grand there and i i need to um uh get rid of cox as well i've had nick cox from the bombers um uh, he's uh he's made me 150 or so grand um but unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks, and and he was the uh, uh, the medical sub last week, so he only made thirty. So I've I've lost a few few tens of thousands on him in the last couple of weeks. So I need to get rid of him and make some money out of him. Um, so yeah, so I'm doing a double downgrade, um, and then gonna look for some premiums a week after. Uh, but that's that's my plan anyway. Yeah, right. The double downgrade. This week, it's just a bit of a hard week to do it. Poulter is one option. He's a bit more expensive. Um, he's obviously risen a bit, but he's still going to yeah. rise a bit more. And you already have Riley Collier-Dawkins, I'm assuming. Yeah, I've already got him. Uh, so, yeah. I don't, apart from yeah, him, sure. if do you have Jones already from Port? No, I don't have Lockie Jones. I, I was about to get him and then he stopped stopped playing. So, I, it might be um, Cox, for, Cox for Jones um, yeah. so that I can... Um, I can get that bubble, uh, and I, I've got I've got Bowers uh, from 
but I've also got Kaczynski on the uh, on the bench, so I might just have a couple of extra rookies in my team this week and have um, I don't know, or, or yeah, I don't know. Uh, but my, my back line is going to be a bit shit if I either keep Bowers and trade him next week or or get rid of him and lose a bit more coin from Cox. I don't know. A lot yeah, of options. Bose yeah. is injured, isn't he? I think Bose did a hammy. Yeah, well, that's that's the problem that uh, uh, I've got too many people I want to trade and not enough trades to do it all in. So what's Kaziski's break even? What's Kaziski's break even? Uh, let me have a look. He's got he, seventy. He's sitting at fifty nine as a break even. Mm. He might be better to get rid of than Bergman though. So just thinking for me, he might be better off to get. Get rid of Kaczynski. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's getting close to um, getting rid of. Kaczynski's yeah. been a, anyone to have on the bench and, and use as an emergency to to jump in when uh, yeah. things haven't been going for me because he's, he's going to play every game of the season. Yeah, yeah. so if you're looking what at about- downgrade, sorry, going dust. Well, the other, the other one that you can downgrade, you're probably going to say this as well, Kalen. You got um, at uh, Scott for 286 as well. So you got Scott 286, Kaziski 280, Rowe 260, but I wouldn't get rid of Rowe after an 80. Yeah. But I think, yeah, you uh, need to make a decision. If, if you want to downgrade, yeah, one of those three, Kaziski, yeah. Scott, or Bergman, what would you do there, Kalen? Scott's still on 29 for a break, even. So he's he's still got a bit of, bit of time. Yeah. And he has a mid forward as well. So yeah, yeah, he's been in. I've switched him uh, up and down a couple of times uh, when mm. when Dusty went out and, and a few other bits and pieces of carnage throughout the season. So he's been a good um, a good player to to move up and down. Yeah, uh, make those trades. Yeah, I would trade out Kaczynski. I think Bergman still got a bit to make, and Scott could have as well. Plus, he's got the DPP. But in terms of players to trade in, it's good if you haven't traded in Jones. He's an option. Poulter is an option as well, even though he's a bit more expensive. Um, RCD, if you haven't got him, he's more expensive again, but he's got good scoring potential and good role. But apart from that, there's not much this week. There's Ronan O'Connor from Adelaide, but I don't know about his job security. He's playing in, in, this, in the centre, um, but McHenry's about to come back in, so I'm not sure. And the other one potentially is just Waterman, Alec Waterman from Essendon. He could come back in for Dev Smith. Dev Smith's just been injured. He's only about 148K. Yeah, I've got yeah. him side as well. Um, he's been playing a midfield role in, in the VFL um, as, a, as a big body midfielder. Um, so apparently he's been playing quite well. And um, yeah, so he, he may come back in for, for Dev Smith. Um, but yeah, I've got him. In my uh, on my bench, uh, but he's at one forty eight, so he's he's about to make a bit of coin if uh, if someone needs to get him in. Yeah, so that's the yeah. decision I'm facing this week. I'm looking to bring in Zorko, um, and then just one of those three, I think, either Poulter, O'Connor, or um, Waterman, if his name to bring back in as the downgrade option. Do you reckon Highmore gets another game? I think he can. I think the Saints all played kind of like shit, even though Heimel didn't score very well. I got a 45 or something. I think all of the team didn't play that well. Um, 
So I think he could still get another gig. I think I was reading that he 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 won't. I think I was reading someone's coming back for the Saints. Um, maybe Carlisle or someone. But I think the good thing good thing is Thursday night teams this week, so we get to see who's gonna who's gonna play and who's gonna not, which will make it a lot easier. Yes, uh, for sure. You don't have to check your team as much all throughout the round. So yeah, that's a huge weight off the shoulders. That's a huge relief yeah. having that. I think everyone hated hopefully the rolling the, teams. Hopefully the teams like stay as they are meant as, as they are on Thursday night, though. But they often get changed a bit if they name the teams on Thursday night. Yeah, that's a bit of a worry, especially with the cats. I don't think you can trust Geelong. They'll swing a few late <laughs> changes. Some teams are better yeah. than others. Yeah, but <laughs> definitely better to have the information earlier rather than later. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Now let's move on to uh to wrap up a few questions from our listeners, as always, we like to do into Ross's mailbag. Uh, so I've got a few here. I don't know if any have been sent in to, to you as well, Doss, but I'll go through these, these ones first. So the first question here we have is from Paul Hazelby. And he'd like to ask, why does no one on the pod discuss my old mate, David Mundy? Sure, he hasn't won four Glendening medals like me like like me but like butcher i'm not sure what that means but like like butcher i think he's trying to say he's getting better with age and averaging over 115 is he a pod we should consider with Fremantle strong midfield allowing him to roam free and his durability to match what do you think dos for old paul hazelby do you reckon monday is a is a good option well yeah once again he's a bit expensive though I got a multi up on the weekend with uh, had to have a whole heap of players to get over 20 touches speaking of Monday and Monday had about 13 at three quarter time and everyone else, everyone else had already got their 20. So I needed Monday to get seven in the last quarter. And he did, he got, he got up to about 22, but it was a bit of a stressful watch waiting for Monday to get all those touches. Um, well, I, th- I think Monday's a bit like, like Jared Lyons and these type they're, They've sort of um, gone too expensive now, so you got to look for the cheaper options. But yeah, if I had Monday, I'd love to have him on my team. He'd be more than welcome to Davos Ducks. What do you reckon, Joel? Um, yeah, he like he, he's the same price as uh, as Steele and Walsh and and a few others. So I would I would go over them over over Monday. Um, yeah, like I, I do like the point of um, that others will will get more attention than he does. But um, yeah, I still think that um, that you'd go you'd go a Sam Walsh or something at that price. And and again, uh, going back to what we said earlier in the podcast, if you're spending five eighty, yeah, you go you go a bad premium than Monday. Or you spend a little bit less, and and there's there's better options that we discussed earlier. So I don't think Monday Monday's the the must have in your midfield. Yep, I agree with that. And if we look at his scores this year, he's had some big ones. He scored one forty five against Adelaide and one forty five against North Melbourne, but they're not exactly top of the ladder teams. So could be a bit of a flat track bully. The highest flat score track, apart from that. Yeah, exactly. He scored a 115 and a 110 apart from that. But then the last two weeks, he scored a 105 and a 90. So not the highest scores. So, yeah, not an option for me. Sorry there, Paul. Uh, there's Sorry, the next Paul. question. 
Next question is from Rick Ola. Rick Ola would like to ask, why does some guy called Chris Hunter keep messaging me about Asian champs? I've never heard of him except for on this pod. Is he the gun that he say, keeps saying he is or is he just like haircut? <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Doss? <laughs> That sounds like that sounds like a framed question from someone else. I don't know. Um, look, uh, look, Chanti was expecting to play Div One Asian Champs a couple of years ago, and um, Rick Ola dumped him at the last minute. So I understand why Chanti keeps messaging him. Um, but look, to Chanti's credit, he played in Div Two and he won an All Asian Award for playing in Div Two. Had he have played in Div One, he would have just sat on the bench all day. So look, I think Chanti should be thankful for Rick. For uh, not playing him in Div One, give it a, give it a rest, Hunter. Keep the phone away, mate. Yep, I agree with that. Anything to add, Joel? Um, well, if if Ricky's asking who is this Chris Hunter guy, that sounds like he um, even if he did coach him in Asian Champs a few years ago, he's deleted his number. So I reckon that's a sign right there that um that he's not too interested. Um, yeah, if if you've had a if you have a good coach over the years, uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna delete your number. Yeah, I agree. You're getting a bit dust desperate there, Chunter. So you better just stop uh, messaging Rick before he files a restraining order. I think. Okay, the next question we have is from Prez Ben, Prez Ben in Kamang. Prez Ben would like to ask why does Ross agree with everything Doss says. I've got, I got an intern to listen to all episodes of the pod so far, and he counted 63 yes DOS and zero no DOS. What would it take for Ross to not agree with DOS? And why am I the only person who sides with Chanta? <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon about that, Joel? Have you noticed in the previous pods that Ross is very agreeable with everything DOS says? And why do you think that uh, is? Haven't, haven't, no, like haven't, noticed uh i like the stats uh, about that i like that um the apprentice has gone gone through it and been uh been marking them down um don't know well maybe dos is making very good points or uh maybe <laughs> ross doesn't have his own opinion um it's very, very interesting one that um but the the stats do say that that maybe ross just nods along with anything that anyone says and goes yep sure because he can't think for himself uh there's a possibility there i think not anything anyone says i think with dos definitely noticed he's quite agreeable but with chancer i think it's the opposite if you did the if the intern went through and he did the uh, same count for the episodes where Ross and Chunter have been on together, I think you would find that it's quite the opposite. It could be around 63, uh, no Chunter and zero, yes, Chunter. What do you think, Doss? Well, look, Ross and I, we played at the Tigers together, got a premiership medallion together, um, best and fairest winners together. So, look, Ross and I have a, have a lot in common. So, I think, you know, like, Ross, Ross knows where it's all at. So, Chunter, on the other hand, disagrees with everything that I say. And uh, look where Chunter is. And look where Ross is. So I think Ross, Ross knows who to agree with and who to uh, disagree with. So good luck. keep it up, Ross. And uh, I also value your opinions very much as well, Ross. And, and I agree with many things that you say. I think you're, you're a very astute super coach judge. Um, 
apart from what Chunter believes, but <laughs> but like if we look at the ladder, you're a lot higher up in the ladder than him. So keep up the good work, Ross. On your ass. There you go, Prez Benny. Uh, there's your answer. The next question we have is from the man we just spoke about himself, or we just mentioned, uh, Chanta. So Chanta would like to ask a serious question this time. Is Dusty good value? It's time to upgrade forward rookies and he's cheap. So I think we've touched on this before in our forward line section. I think we all think he's basically the best option this week. If you haven't yeah. already got him, great value. Easy option, yes. Yeah. I think the answer to that question is duh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Chanta. So there's what two yeses and one duh. So I think he's a great option to bring in. And the last question we have is from an avid listener. He's already asked a few questions and on our pods, so he must like to listen quite a lot. This one's from Baz Lenka in Redcliffe. So Baz Lenka would <laughs> Baz Lenka would like to ask. He says, I bought a shitload of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin a few weeks ago because DOS told me it was about to moon. I'm down 35%. Should I cut my losses and cash out or should I hodl like DOS told me to? Well, DOS, what advice are you giving to Baz Lenker in Redcliffe? Should he, should he sell or should he hodl it? Well, if Baz Lenker in Redcliffe is Reese or Chanta, I gave him advice to buy Bitcoin at 11,000, uh, Cardano at 90 cents, and Ethereum at $400. Now, all of those, if you bought when I said about six months ago, all of them, you'd be happy. So everyone that bought, everyone that bought back then, they can, they're just going to hold and hold and hold. And what's happening is now that retail investors are involved, they're fluctuating the markets too much. And the people who have invested um, recently are selling and selling, selling because they're scared. But my advice is just hold, just, you just got to hold. What do you need money for? You can't travel. You're not going anywhere. So, uh, Hoddle, hoddle, hoddle. Keep it up, Basilenka. <laughs> there you go, Basilenka. You heard the advice from the horse's mouth. You just got to hold all that stuff. Can be tempting to sell, but remember, you only lose money if you sell. Isn't that right, Doss? I mean, it's like Supercoach. You, you buy players when they're cheap. You don't buy players when they're expensive. You sell when they're expensive, buy when they're cheap. It's exactly the same way that crypto works, Basilenka. There you go. It's investing 101 using arbitrage. Whether it be crypto or in Supercoach, it works both ways. That's why you get Ben Cunnington. <laughs> there you go. Anything else to add to that, Joel? Agree with Doss's advice, financial advice? Uh, to be perfectly honest, if you're into crypto, I think you're a bit of a clown. So uh, that's, that's <laughs> my take on it. You're obviously not into crypto because every single person who's into crypto has made money. Oh, good on him. Except for Baslenka. Except for Baslenka, who, uh, yeah, is uh, is buying Jared Lines and and selling him for, um, I don't know. (laughs) Baslenka just bought Jared Lines and Jared Lines got injured. He got got knocked out. (laughs) Knocked out on a score of two. You know what happens is Jared Jared Lines gets knocked out. A couple of weeks later, he comes back and his value starts going back up again. That's how it works. That's how it works, Joel. Baslinka just, just traded Jonathan Patton into his forward line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go, Baslinka. A couple of differing opinions, but uh, Dos gave you the initial advice, so maybe you should uh, just keep following your financial advisor. 
All right, that's all the time we have uh, for today. Thank you both to my uh, two guests, Doss and Joel, for joining me. Appreciate your advice, uh, super, both super coach advice and financial advice. And uh, good luck to our listeners oh, out the way, there for this round. I'm, yep. I'm not a, I'm not a financial advisor. Don't, don't take what I said. <laughs> don't take what go. I said and come back at me and say you said to back get in Bitcoin like like Baz Lanka did. Yeah, don't want people suing you. Baz Lanka could come out and sue you if you don't say that little uh, put that little asterisk in there. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Joel. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, Doss.